take a moment to peek into the lives of inspirational people living the true definition of happiness with author, presenter, personal stylist and coach Moana Robinson who chats to people who have overcome challenges to live their best life. Moana is a passion and purpose coach and a personal stylist who empowers others to discover their best life and style regardless of age. Here is Moana. Hi, it's Moana Robinson here from Be Styled for Life and I'm chatting today with Kim McCall of Phillips who has written a book called Moving Made Easy and her tagline is The Moving Angel. Welcome Kim and could you introduce yourself and maybe describe to the audience and the viewers how you came up with the name The Moving Angel. Good morning Mo, it's great to be here talking with you, thank you so much. The Moving Angel, actually my title came from a couple of clients because that wasn't my original title and I thought well if people are going to call me The Moving Angel then I'll, I'll own that one. Uh, so my business Yes, I've had this vision for many, many years and then after work, you know, in the corporate world and seeing that there was a void in my industry for some different services that particularly women would like and could benefit from, I, after walking the Kokoda track with my dad, I was very brave and said I'm going to make this all happen and that's uh, ten over 10 years ago now. And then uh, during this time as well, I knew that there would be a great advantage to have a book it's the only book for the removals industry so it's a step-by-step -step guide of all my well probably 53 years that I've when I was born my parents had a removal business and I learned a lot in those early years so I wanted to get that book out there and that's been you know it's priceless information Mr and Mrs Google helps us with you know different types of information but it really digs deep into the really nuts and bolts of it all and it's not a naming or shaming it's a very helpful step-by-step -step guide yeah I've read your book I've got some copies of it here that you left with me and it's very very helpful for people even if you're not moving I just find it helpful for a lot of the tips and or if you've got a friend that's moving just to wise up on some quick tips and tricks to for packing and unpacking and how to get ready for your move and one of my favourite chapters is Chapter 4 because it's all about downsizing and decluttering, mm. and that's a good thing. Whether you're moving or not, it's good to do downsize declutter. You're you're often cleaning out and things, and there's others in our group that, you know, 80-20 rule, 80% of the time we only use 20% of what we have, but we have cupboards or rooms to put it in, so we keep it, or mm. storage sheds some people have. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's really fascinating. I've always found it fascinating that, as you say, since you've been born, you've been in the moving industry because your parents had that sort of business right from the start, didn't they? They did. My parents don't, and still to this day, I don't think they really realised how entrepreneur and entrepreneurial and so visionary they were because they, they employed women way back many years ago before it was even a thing because you know, the removals industry still to this day is very heavily dominated by men, but they brought women in to do, you know, help with the packing and unpacking and have a woman around when the when the moves were taking place. And mum and dad had the traditional style where dad was in the field, mum was in the office. So she had all that warmth and empathy for mostly the women calling up to organise the moves, which they really loved. So they were massive trailblazers many, many years ago, but I still think now they're just too humble. <laughs> 
Oh, and it's wonderful that you're so close to your parents and you and your husband just recently moved back to be closer to them, didn't you? And also to your daughter. Uh, look, Nat's been fabulous as well. And having my business, it's a national platform. I mean, people said that you'll never be able to do it. But as soon as someone tells me I can't, I'm, I'm off and I'm doing it. I mean, back when... When I started my business, I'd only started it, I think, for three or four months, and then we relocated off to the Sunshine Coast. And that was really like jumping in an aeroplane, pulling the door open and flying out without a parachute and just work out how you're going to fly on the way down. That was pretty scary, and that was really brave. And at times I thought, oh, this was a silly thing to do. But I'm so glad that I've taken those huge leaps of faith. And it's interesting, I say, I'm not a risk taker, but if you look at a lot of things I've done, it's actually probably huge risk if you sat down and thought about it too much. So it's really been great to be uh, closer, not having all those distances to be with mum and dad. And they're great role models and mentors still to this day. Mm, and is your, does your daughter live close to them? No, mum are in country Victoria still in Wangaratta where I was born. George yeah. is in Melbourne. She's just finished her four years, her double degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, look at Sandy, you know, being around your family, having them as close as you can, not all that distance for travel. It's priceless, mm -hmm. isn't it? Those memories and the time together. Oh, definitely. I think you are very inspiring. You're, this is what this podcast is all about. Women sort of get to a certain age and in some ways they develop and they do even more than they did in their younger years. Would you agree with that? Oh, definitely, Mo. Mm. I've noticed a lot in my time during my life, even when I was hairdressing, I left school to be a hairdresser. That was my original dream and why. And all the ladies that I worked with were all much older than me, but the wisdom and knowledge that you learn from surrounding yourself. So I've always had a lot of older friends, you know, maybe at least a decade or even more. And I just find, and men too, uh, I just find that there's you can't put old head on young shoulders, as the old saying goes. So I find that that's really powerful and uh, I've just been able to learn a lot from those experiences. Yeah, that's what that's why I refer to it as the wisdom years because you've had all that experience under your belt and older and wiser. There is a lot to, to that as well. Can you tell us maybe about some challenges or a challenge that you've had during your career or your life that you've, struggled to get through and come out the other side? Mm. Well, there's many, many actually. One I can think of just in the last couple of years was becoming a published author and you'd know because you've got two amazing books that you've published. To be going through that with an, with an injury but also to fighting menopause, I'll use the word fighting, I think I might call myself the menopausal author <laughs> because uh, it's really interesting society, you know, when you're growing up but they talk about menopause, it's almost like well, your life's over when you hit menopause. So sometimes in our minds we, we take on that negativity and what's going to happen and trying to navigate that. That was really challenging. And at that particular time, I had just met yourself and the TOT group. And look, that's that was just so powerful for me, surrounding yourself with the right people. We're all different and in different parts of our lives and everyone goes through things differently. It's not a one-size-fits-all. But getting the right help from your circle, but then also externally. So I've been, I was working with a naturopath, but I can remember just starting to get into our editing phase of the book, which you'd know all about that. 
yeah. and the publishers, you know, and I'm doing a mentoring program as part of the publisher said, oh, well, maybe we, he didn't know at that time, I, um, you know, men sometimes, they're not that interested in menopause, are they? <laughs> Although they should be. We need to educate them as well and our generations coming on because years ago they didn't talk about it, which I don't think is is helping any anyone. And he said, oh, well, maybe we'll just put it on hold. No, not an option. I had a plan that my book had to be released when Dad and I had walked the Kokoda track for the 10th anniversary and there was no way it was on hold. But honestly, sometimes I don't know how I got there because that was very challenging. But the right people and definitely having my amazing husband and our beautiful daughter to support me, my family and, you know, other people in some other groups and and also yourself, like you, you had that serious injury that you went through and just... I feel like when people, you feel like you can relate to people, that it's going to be okay. And, yes, some days you'll have your pity party, but just don't live there, but have it and get over it. You sort of sometimes have to be like your own psychologist, don't you, to talk yourself you through. Do. Okay, Yeah, you do. And and if you've got friends that you trust and support people around you, family around you, that you can kind of uh, bolster, bolster you up just, just on a temporary basis while you get through that that difficult time, that does help a lot, but really it does come down to your own inner strength. Mm, you're so right. You work out, uh, they, I always had a plan to run a marathon. I've done two half marathons, so I'm pretty much saying my book is my marathon. I still have in, it's not a top goal to run a marathon. I might one day, I haven't given up on that, but you do have to find some real, you know, a lot of people say, and you would have it too, I'd love to publish a book. Not many people ever do it. And one, now that I've lived and breathed it, I can see why you need a lot of resistant uh, resilience. You yeah. need a lot of mental strength. And, you know, there's some physical part of it there. But I think if you uh, have lived through challenges, you just, if you want something, you just find a way, Mo, to make it happen, whether that be from internally or externally. Yeah. And I think making that declaration, I am writing a book, it's it's like the, uh, uh, the, you know, the goal setting when you have the I am statements, when you actually declare that you're writing a book, then you become accountable to all the people you've announced that you're writing a book to. And they all say, how's that book coming along? So you have to finish that book. It's it's good in a way to tell people that you're writing a book um, because then you want to finish it. Especially if you have pre-sales. Did, did you have any pre-sales before you published? No, I did. We didn't do the pre-sale option. Yeah, that was that was a good uh, incentive for me because I'd already pre-sold the book to some people, and I thought, well, I've got to get it finished. <laughs> didn't want to let anyone down. Um, yeah, no matter what, no matter what was going on in my life. So um, the injury that you had that was that was when you were working, wasn't it? Mm, it was so that uh, I can remember Brett saying to me that that injury was a gift one particular day and I went a gift what do you mean he says because you know I was off work for a while and he said well the universe wants you to write your book now and we had done you know maybe two or three chapters so to speak in in some way shape or form uh, but now I truly believe he was right because yes, I I was I fell flat on my back on a concrete floor and went where as I went down I collected my hip on a kitchen bench at a client's house and I said I was lucky I didn't break my back. I ended up with a bulging disc 
uh, two bulging discs, a dislocated hip and a twisted pelvis. Mm. But also, too, thinking I was superwoman and the injury would magically go away and I could just go on living life as it was. And no, and that took me a long time, too. And I've only probably in the last six months really, uh, really made, really been accountable and responsible for getting my body to where it needs to be. And I'm in a much better space now. But if anyone knows, living with pain is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, it's no, it's not good. And we're not Superman or Superwoman. We just need to be kinder to ourselves. So it's learning that as I get older and and they say to you know, is that, you know, it's not about the book, it's the person you become after you've published. And that is so true, so, so true in many different aspects. Yeah, it really makes you appreciate your health. And I that I know that um health and exercise is a big priority for you. It's one of your core values isn't it to to keep fit and exercise uh definitely is if you don't use it you'll lose it i i usually go i mean my average is minimum twenty thousand steps a day not that i calculate actually my phone beat me this morning said i i was at a low average this morning so (laughs) i don't listen to that too much but i find i usually do that for my mental strength and my mental health and physical's good too to keep moving but Yeah, I've always, as soon as I wake up, the first thing I think about is getting out to exercise because you, you never feel bad afterwards, I don't no. think, do you? No, no, you, I think you, if it's, I, I don't know about you, but I like to exercise first thing in the morning and mm. then it's done. It's a good yes. start today. Yeah. It's your mojo. It's It gets mm. you going mentally and physically and I feel so much more energised and invigorated. People say I'm too tired to exercise, but... No, even the days when I sometimes I might think I won't, and most days I use sometimes will have one day a week where I'll just go for a shorter walk or don't do something so physical. But mm-hmm. yeah, you actually get energy from it. But then you have to fuel your body with the right amount of fuel to the right food. Like overeating and undereating, it's bad relationship with food. Whichever way you look at it, and that's one thing that I've had to learn during menopause as well I don't think there's enough education around that is that I was you know I get busy and sometimes when people are busy or stressed their their tummy turns on they got to eat and they're eating eating for you know self whatever I go the other way whereas mine sort of turned off and I get busy and I don't and I wasn't eating I was eating good food I wasn't eating enough and and more regularly so I've that's been a game changer for me to help me through this menopause phase of being able to fuel my body and mind with with the right food and to eliminate. So I went through doing a food intolerance process with the naturopath. And I'd seen a naturopath most of my life. I loved them because I had um, uh, glandular fever and lactose tolerance as a baby. So mm-hmm. I love the non-conventional medicine. Go to the doctor if you have to, but I first, naturopath's my go-to. Not for everybody, but amazing results. So that has been really helpful because I i don't know about some people, how they think, but I felt like I was going mad in menopause, anxiety, and oh, it was just a, didn't feel like myself, I'll have to say. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, as you know, we're, we're very lucky to have Elizabeth Taylor the Elizabeth Taylor in our uh, Tuesdays on Target group. So I've been to see her and she's amazing. It's the knowledge that they have is is amazing if you can find a good one. Yeah. Yes, I, fa- I found a really good one 
now and I'd seen a few different ones. They all helped me at that particular time. I feel you have to be ready to, Mo, to listen to really want to take action. It's like we said about publishing a book. You say, I'm going to be a published author. Then you take the steps to do that. Sometimes I find I have myself, I think, oh, I haven't got time for that, you know, health things, but we should because to live longevity and be, you know, fit and healthy and enjoy your life, you do need to, yes, keep fit and healthy and you need to fuel your body with the right food. Well, it's not, you know, the old saying that it's not until you have bad health that you appreciate good health and it's not until you lose money that you appreciate having um, some more comfort and finances and mm. things like that. So it's when you have the lack, then that that becomes very high on your priority to health is number one. You know, there's not much you can do without it. So, yeah. No, you can't go and buy it either. Like, you know, once it's gone, but it's probably more educating around what we do in our 20s and 30s or even into our 40s is it comes back to bite us later so but I mean you want to have fun enjoy yourself but it's like mm. balancing you know isn't it yes what was what would you say was apart from your family um was the biggest way the best way that you overcame that challenge of your injury and menopause apart from getting healthy and getting some good health advice I feel accepting that you've got an injury and it's not a magic there's no quick fix. They say back's a really hard one to, and it takes a lot of time. It's yeah. yeah, coming to terms with the injury. Okay, I've got it. Now let's work out a plan and who's going to help me to get there. And I had tried a few different things and at different times those things were really beneficial. But we change, as we know, as we go through the next phase of that recovery. And, yeah, I really feel the accepted. Same as with menopause, accepting, okay, well, you, yep. you're in it. And then, okay, who's going to help me to get there? And I just sort of reverted back to two. Like people have problems, like my clients, like they have problems when they don't like moving, they're stressed. So there's an opportunity to solve them, go and work it out. So, Kim, instead of doing it for everyone else, take it on board and, and do it for yourself. Isn't that always the way? You know, we're, we're sort of sometimes better at helping other people than we are at helping ourselves. And a psychologist said to me once that a definition of, of hell is uh, being in denial of what is, you know, what the situation actually is and pretending or wishing or thinking that, it's, that it was something different. And that's what creates that stress and anxiety. And he said that's a definition of real hell. You know, if, if you've got a colour and you're trying to say that it's white when it's really black or the opposite, then you're never going to win. You know, it's it's not going to change because you want it to be something different. So you've just got to change your thinking around it. Uh, definitely the mindset and having the right people because I'm really visual and we know, you know, you know over time if you go to the physio chiropractor or something, they're just going. And I feel like at times there was just this Band-Aid fixing. There wasn't the right people to say this is what's going on, this is what you need to do to achieve the outcomes. You just felt like you were on a hamster on a wheel. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you really have to, and it's not a one-size-fits-all, but then also mentally accepting that that's where your body is at that time. And then once you've done that, well, then it's much easier to navigate the rest of it. But getting, you know, someone explaining things. Like I had my client last week, I'm working on Love's Sunshine Coast at the moment. Something asked me and 
I could see when I looked, but then if you explain, break it all down into more perhaps simplified terms and don't talk up here too logistically that maybe some of my other team will understand, is then being able to explain why and how and then the outcome that comes with that. Yes, yep, so true, so true. Mm. Yeah, the how and the why and just understanding. And I think like with, with ourselves, it's having that self-awareness. Um, once you've got the self-awareness, then you can work work with whatever challenges you have. And I, I always like to talk about uh, the definition of happiness, someone to love, something meaningful to do and something to look forward to. Can you expand on those a little bit? Obviously, you've got your beautiful family, your husband and your daughter and, and parents that you love. And you do it, I, I presume you feel as though you're doing something very meaningful for your clients. Is there anything in particular that you are also looking forward to? Just every day waking up and being fit and healthy and really grateful and grounded for and humble for the life that I'm very, I feel very much blessed with in a way. That Yeah, because there's a lot of people that's struggling and, and in you know, it's like when people compare success well I never compare myself to anyone else I love being me because everyone else has taken so I just feel every day you wake you wake up and you're oh, I'm excited okay what's today going to bring and I like doing new things just last week I'd always want to go on electric scooter so I'll tick that off my list and just little things the little simple things in life is what I love and yes it's it's really nice to have people that love you and you love them and just those really and the time together is priceless. And yes, I love living my why with my business. And yeah, just the I think the gratitude for living in the moment that every minute counts and live every day and enjoy the best life, as you say, live your best life now, which yes. I love. I <laughs> often say that to all my friends and I tell Georgia that all the time as well. Yes, yes. I think there's no time like the present to live your best life. And if anyone's thinking of starting up their a business later in life, like we are later in our lives and we've got our own businesses, but have you got any advice for any women thinking of doing something a bit different? Uh, well, I probably I probably went about it all the wrong way, but I learned a lot from it. So, yeah, not long after starting the business then we moved states and then moved again. I uh, surround yourself with the right people. You know, there's a lot of dream takers out there. There's a lot of people that don't want to see people be successful. Mm. You've got to, I just think having the right people around you that inspire you, that yeah, if you're having a bad day, you can give them a call and they can navigate through. Also being able to relate to people. We're all very different human beings, but just that sense of knowing that you have that feeling of being able to, you know, like when I met you, I knew that you'd had that injury and I had an injury and you'd published your first book and I thought, well, this is doable because Mo's done it. Not comparing your yeah. injury or that injury or your book or anything. It was just the be uh, the relatability to each other that you knew that it would it would be okay, that someone has your back. Oh, there, yeah, there's a few things. Uh, be brave. Georgia often says be brave. Like what's the worst thing? You go into business or publish or whatever you do, and it doesn't doesn't um, you know it's not roses and sunshine all every day, and it mm. doesn't tick all the boxes that you want. But then you've done it, you tick it off your list because we know what's the worst thing of left wondering. Oh, what if I had to tried that, or what would that be like? Mm. 
Yeah. Definitely. Very wise, wise words. And I'm so pleased that I met you, Kim, and I'm so pleased that you're part of Tuesdays on Tether, even though it's at a distance and uh, you come online sometimes. We love having you. Thank you so much for taking a moment with me today. Thank you, Mo. It's been lovely having a chat to you and I always love seeing all your beautiful smiling faces. Thank you for listening to Take a Moment with Moana Robinson. Remember to visit her website, bestyleforlife.com.au and book a time for a further conversation.